0: Tashay me, Tracy Laverty, Adishina And I'd like to welcome you to Getting the Goods, a weekly connection point where we get to hear a few brave teachers share stories and strategies of life as they know it. Now, while I might be the brave soul on this side of the camera, it takes a team to get this to you. So a colossal shout-out goes to Sherry Van Hustren, Shauna Tilbury, and Scott St. Pierre. They're the real stars of this show. In the days before Canada, the Cree, Dene, Dakota, Lakota, Nakaway, and Nakoda people of this land would acknowledge each territory they entered and ask permission for safe passage. In that same spirit, we express our gratitude to our First Peoples of Treaty 6 Territory for their hard work and sacrifices which have allowed us all to be here working together. And we request safe passage for the next 30 minutes. Sit back, relax, and let's connect. Giving up the goods today are Sam Gunn and Dylan Pearson. Now, I know Sam Gunn as Brightwater Sam, but I'm going to let her introduce herself.
1: Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, I know most people know me as Brightwater Sam, and uh, I, I like it. It's good. Um, I've been at Brightwater, this is the end of my second year, I guess. And so, yeah, adjusting to these new conditions has definitely been really interesting for someone who is... Typically on the land without connection to internet or technology. And yeah, I'm trying to find my way. It doesn't always feel graceful all the time, but I'm doing my best.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Now, I'm not as familiar with Dylan Pearson, but how I know him is a drama guitar teacher from Evan Hardy, little bit of a guru, if I am not speaking out of turn. But I will also let you introduce yourself, Dylan. Uh,
2: yeah, so I've been at Evan Hardy for three years, but this is my first year there full time. So um, it's it's still pretty new to me, I feel too, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah, I definitely feel comfortable in the theater um, and on the stage. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Uh, one of the first things that when we were arranging the idea of coming together with teachers, one of the first things that we really wanted to pick your brains about was engagement. So Dylan, can you tell us a little about the learning you're working to engage students in and how they're responding thus far?
2: Um, It it is a slow journey. (laughs) Uh, It it took me quite a few uh, trial and error attempts to create plans with my students. And ultimately, what it boiled down to was I finally just asked them, What do you want to do? And they were like, Let's try a virtual play. <laughs> so uh, we found some resources and we looked at the synopses and we chose uh, my trauma 10 specifically, Joe chose, chose a uh, fun little quirky play that we're going to try to put together on Zoom. So. They've been showing up very regularly. My uh, Almost all of my students in that class are are there. And I think that that is where I found the success and the engagement on this journey. So uh, other classes are still kind of hit and miss. We're still trying to find our stride, even though it's more than a month in. Um, but yeah, I think my drama 10s are really, they've really bought in and we're really having fun with that, so.
0: That sounds amazing. student. I know student voice is so important for our young people. Do you have students you're struggling to connect with?
2: Um, Yeah, because I have found that high school students, when they don't have routine, like to sleep in um, and stay up all night. (laughs) So uh, a lot of my Zoom meetings are uh, not very many people will show up if it's like a regular Zoom meeting, not a rehearsal. And I've rescheduled my rehearsals for late in the day when they're available. But the regular meetings are usually in the morning. And uh, I always get met with like a bunch of emails after being like, I'm so sorry, I slept in. (laughs) So sleep patterns have been a huge barrier for me. Not my sleep patterns, but my students.
0: I hear that. I think I struggle to get up in the morning sometimes too. Now, Sam, I know that you're not working directly with a classroom right now, but I also know that you are dealing with two little classrooms on your own. So I'm wondering, what are the things that you think are important for us to be mindful of as we plan ways to engage students and their families moving forward?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's tough to answer because um, even just in connecting with my own circle of friends, uh, I'm realizing how different the circumstances are for every family. And so while I know there's folks out there that are you know, wanting lots of things for the kids to do to fill their time, I find myself like I've got, I've got a six and four year old and my husband is working in his office for two weeks and then home for two weeks. So there's really no routine. And I uh, kind of need to be available to the kids whenever. And um, so for us, you know, sometimes we need a lot of things to keep the kids busy. And sometimes I can't manage to get to one task that, you know, my kid was assigned from school in a day. And so I think just the notion that we need to be flexible and keep people's wellness at the forefront all the time is the most important thing. And and the teachers that I've talked to and my daughter's teacher have been doing such a good job of that. Just as a parent feeling like whatever we do to be happy and healthy together is what we need to do right now.
0: And any tips from um,
1: Brightwater sort of eco perspective? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like. The simple act of getting outside is is such a big part of that wellness. It is fairly universal in my experience that, you know, if you're feeling stressed out or if you've been looking at a screen all day, there's all kinds of elements to the outdoors that we know are therapeutic. Um, you know, the fresh air, the color green, the natural lighting, all of that can just kind of bring us back to a place of happiness and wellness. And so in our family, um, you know, we're trying to take learning outside as much as we can. And so um, when we find ourselves sitting around the table a little too much, we'll just pack up and, and go into the backyard and do what we can. And sometimes we just put the assigned tasks down and just hang out and, and kind of reset. So, you know, I think if teachers are able and comfortable to integrate that into their learning plans, um, I think that's ideal. Um, And to honor those ways that families can get outside together easily. So, you know, things like just paying attention to nature or taking those math and literacy lessons to a place where you're using the outdoors um, as your context. Um, All of those, I think, can go a long way to... Um, help our families. And they can be situated in your backyard. They can be situated in your park. Or if you're lucky enough to get out and and hit up one of the naturalized um, parks in our city, um, we've got lots of spaces that can support that kind of learning right now.
0: That's fantastic. So now that I've heard you share, I'm wondering, what's your like pro mom tip for staying sane? Uh, <laughs> I don't know
1: if I have one
0: <laughs> well, okay, oh, that touch Dylan I'm gonna put you on the spot i have i my alliteration phrase for you is my your sage sanity savor <sighs> uh,
2: <laughs> what is my sage sanity savor savior um i Okay, I'm really lucky because I have a ton of little hobbies that I do that are that are hobbies that I do by myself. Um, like play music, sing, uh, draw, paint. I sew. I garden. Like all those things are things that that I can still feel like I'm uh, achieving things, even if they're just little things for myself, and do them by myself as well. So I don't have to include a community of people in these activities. Um, however, I am still a social person and I do still like to do those things. So every week, actually, my family has created a Thursday night bingo <laughs> on Zoom. So, or not Zoom, Facebook uh, video. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a video call where we all play bingo together and kind of chat and play with the filters and have a good time. So
0: yeah <laughs> all right, Sam. are you ready?
1: Pro, pro- <laughs> don't expect yourself to be a pro mom <laughs> you know like there's I'll go through a couple of days where i'm just like, oh man i 'm killing it. We're like, be productive, and the kids are happy and healthy, and then we 'll just hit this wall where everybody's crying, and you know the house is filthy, and nobody's getting anything done and, and just you know, being gentle with myself and realizing that my kids are they're on their own emotional trajectory too, and and so just, yeah, being so gentle with myself and my kids right now is is the best I can do. And it works 90 percent of the time. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: That is a pro tip. That's amazing.) Um, so on that note, now that we've both shared our, our pro tips, I actually don't have a, a pro tip other than staying connected. I think um, I've had the great benefit of connecting with so many people through my role and, and then this great, cool little project we have where we get to hang out with teachers and, and hear what they're doing and, and their fun things. So. Um, that would be my, my tip for sanity right now is just staying connected no matter. And what a great idea. A bingo? Wow. Although oh, no. I'm, try- I'm trying to imagine how my no-tech mom would manage the... <laughs> <laughs> I think that alone would be worth the price of admission. Sorry, mom. <laughs> so on that note... Tell me, Dylan, where are you finding your joy and excitement this week?
2: Um, outside, just like Sam said. I have a little front deck and we've purchased a little uh, outdoor sofa. And almost every morning it faces the the east. So mm. I go out there with my cup of coffee and um, I've been reading books in the morning to kind of get my head uh, like out of sleep mode and into work mode so I'll get up a little early make myself a cup of coffee and read while the birds are chirping and out in the rising sun and it's really really wonderful it sounds like such a cliche but it's honestly been so it's brought me a lot of joy (laughs) so (laughs) that's
1: amazing Sam how about you where's your joy Oh, for sure. It's been connecting with my kids, you know, like um, I've always been really blessed in that um, my work, I find my work really fulfilling. And I've had jobs that are um, just exciting to the wholeness of my being. And so um, I, I feel really comfortable devoting a lot of myself to work. And I think what this whole situation has shown me is that. You know, I I do have a lot of space to connect with my kids more and having the time to be home and watch them grow and interact with each other and just be their like wacky, ridiculous selves, it makes me so incredibly happy.
0: Mm -hmm. Flashing back, Dylan, to your pro tips and both well, both of you, Sam and Dylan, I'm I'm wondering how these might translate for other teachers or for your students. So if you had to give some advice to other teachers right now, how, what would you say to them?
2: Um, I, I, I think the reason why all of those hobbies that I have are so important is because they are an immersive task that I can kind of, allow my brain to recover from the severity of certain situations, but as well to take a moment to also think about them because there's so much information that's coming at you at a very regular basis that it's important to take some time for yourself and actually do something that you enjoy doing to let your brain kind of calm down for a bit and and process all of the information that's coming at you. And so I I strongly stand by participating in the arts whatever that is to you in some way uh, during these times to kind of allow yourself those moments of coping and expression and dealing with the emotions and not shoving them aside because it's really important that we allow ourselves to feel in these really weird times
0: that's great advice and Sam, you don't have to stick to keeping your expectations safe and gentle, but I do think that's an amazing message for teachers and students alike. What would you share with teachers right now?
1: Yeah, man. well, just generally to share with teachers, like you guys are killing it. It's been amazing, honestly, to, to connect with teachers in various ways and just and just see this innovation that's coming out and... And often I hear people that are stressed out and concerned they're not doing it right. Um, And fair enough, like we're all uncertain here. But, um, you know, from the perspective of someone who's who's kind of on the sidelines, I'm just so proud to be part of this profession. And um, I know we're going to come out of this and look back on it and just be so proud of ourselves for how we responded and took care of our communities through this. So, you know, I, when you can, I hope that you can let that thought cross your mind that that you're doing amazing. That's fantastic. I know I've, I keep saying
0: fantastic, but I'm just so thrilled with all of that. <laughs> That you're talking about, and I, I think we have to be honest and acknowledge that there have been some great losses in in our professions, and and it, there's some been some real struggles in shifting and adapting to uh, what has been a world turned on its head at the very least. But there are also some really exciting, beautiful things about the way that we've transitioned, as you said, Sam. And so I would, I'm wondering right now, what is a beautiful, positive joy in your professional life that you are seeing now as a result of this shift
1: The one that struck me recently was um, I had the chance to sit in with um, secondary phys ed teachers on a meeting that they had. And um, what was amazing is that and and maybe it's the subject area of phys ed, but but the the teachers were so ready to um, to integrate the context that they found their students in into their learning. And so um, the first couple of weeks, so many of them were talking about goal setting. They were talking about nutrition and physical wellness and mental health and and how that is going to be the learning that they're engaging in. And I found that just so inspiring that um, that group of people was able to adapt so quickly and and come up with this really meaningful way of learning with their students in a really difficult situation.
0: Um, Dylan, I'm wondering, and, and the same question could stand for you, but one of the things I'm really wondering about is how you are getting kids into the driver's seat at this particular time. Trans, we all know that voice in... In the activities is a difficult task to begin with. But you're now faced with this really interesting format. So how are you how are you managing to give students voice in this format?
2: That is a great question. <laughs> um, uh, I think back to me doing all of those trials and errors and trying to give them some sort of plan that would flop or fail or maybe not even fail, but kind of like it wasn't great. And, And I could tell that they were losing their engagement. And so all of the projects that I'm trying to do, I'm really, really, really encouraging them to be the decision makers. And that's something that I like really often teach as an arts teacher too, is you have to learn how to make decisions. You have to learn how to problem solve and you have to learn how to take risks and fail. And so like that's normal. That's what we do in the arts. We try things out and we realize maybe it didn't work. So we're going to do something different this time. And I'm modeling that, I think, by trying to uh, try all of these things and realize, you know what, It's I think it should be up to them because they're the ones who know exactly what's going on in their homes right now and their situation. I don't have all of that information. And so if they can choose a project... That works well for them in these times then i'm all for it so um, if they want to do like if if i say let's try a research project because that's something we can do online and you can kind of you know uh give me some information and and maybe you can teach the class about what you've learned you've become the new expert for example my guitar classes and maybe pick a genre that you're interested in and I said, but make sure it's something you're interested in. Don't just pick it because you said, Mr. Pearson told you have to pick it. Like, I want to know. I want to know what you're interested in. So they've all been picking these genres and, and they seem really into it because they're interested in looking up more information about a genre that they enjoy listening to. Um, Yeah. And so same thing with my drama class. Like I'm not, I I was like, do you want to do this? Because if not, we don't have to do it. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather do something you want to do than me just keep pushing through things that I think the curriculum wants us to do. But at this time, I don't know if it's really relevant because the curriculum was created pre-COVID and we are no longer in those times. So um, yeah, I think I think the virtual play that we're doing was a collaborative group decision. And I always ask, are you excited to do this? Because if you are, let's keep doing it. But if not, what can we do to make this excited? You guys have to tell me because I can't make that decision for you. So I think that's how I'm trying to keep them in the driver's seat um, and still have that map and that GPS as a teacher to be like, well, there's this path we could take. There's this path we could take, but you have to decide which path it is. And I can help you get there. Okay.
0: (laughs) So while we are on the topic, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the play?
2: Sure. Um, So uh, it's a play that's called The Internet is Distract. Oh, look, a kitten. And it was actually written, yeah. It was actually written in response to COVID nineteen. So it's a very relevant play um, that uh, it, it details students being inundated with this new digital, like, educational world, and how they have to fight the temptations to go and do other things online while they're still trying to do their schoolwork. And it's just a a wacky comedy that makes fun of all of the different sites like Netflix and Wikipedia and and Google and all this kind of stuff. And so we're trying to, we haven't really ironed out all of the details, but we're going to try to do it on zoom. So uh, we have like the videos um, highlighted for whose turn it is to speak. And then we mute and turn our cameras off when we're not speaking. And yeah, it's going to be an interesting journey and it's one that, not many theater people have done before. So I've been very candid with them that I am learning just as much as they are. And we're going to have to figure it all out together.
0: I can't wait to see this. And (laughs) I'm assuming you're going to keep us posted about when and where we can all tune in and watch.
2: Yeah, (laughs) sure.
0: (laughs) Sam, I would be remiss if I let you go before asking you to share with us some of the ways that Brightwater itself is responding to um, what's going on in the world.
1: Yeah, well, we're still figuring out what Brightwater is right now. And um, there's a few of us that are still um, working on site and kind of figuring out, uh, yeah, how we're going to get through the rest of the year and and hopefully soon figuring out what next year is going to look like. But Um, We've been working on um, getting some of our resources online and supporting teachers and getting their kids outside in really gentle, respectful ways. And um, we're also still like physically on the land. Uh, which is it's really nice to have this um, reminder that life is going on and there are some things that are never going to move online, <laughs> which is comforting for me. <laughs> so last year we had about um, 500 students and teachers come and, and put work into our food forest project. And it's really important to us to have that ready for people to participate in again whenever you guys can come back to Brightwater. So we're doing some work to um, maintain that site and make sure that every all the work we did last year um, isn't lost and and, um, is ready to go for next year. Um, and then, uh, well, just yesterday, actually, um, for anyone who's been out to Brightwater, um, you're likely to have connected with someone named Kevin Quinlan, who is our sort of artist in residence. Um, he came out and we did um, a live shoot of an art lesson um, that's going to go up on the Brightwater blog. Um, and so if um, teachers are engaging in uh, nature journaling or um, even just like solo spots or getting outside, um, we're going to have some companion resources um, where teachers and students can connect with folks like Kevin and get some of that um, instruction that they normally would have gotten at Brightwater and then apply it while they're at home.
0: That's been fantastic again. <laughs> I'm going learn another word if we do this again next week, folks. I promise. <laughs> Any last words for you too?
2: Just very grateful to be asked to be part of this, and hopefully um, everybody's doing okay. Really,
1: Sam. Yeah, same thing. it's nice to connect with folks, and and you know. Um, just to be able to talk about what this is all about. Because I think sometimes we get so busy um, trying to keep going and put one foot in front of the other that, um, yeah, we forget to reach out to our colleagues and just check in and say, how are you doing and what's working for you? So really, really grateful for this opportunity.
0: One of the comments that I saw running through was that um, how important it was to acknowledge that But what both of you said in a sense that our students know what they're dealing with and we we may or may not have any idea of what's happening on the other side of the zoom camera or the Google camera and they know best what they can and can can and cannot contribute. So the people watching are very grateful for your comments and your thoughts. Um, That brings our festivities to a close for today. So for those of you watching, if you heard something that resonated with you, watch closely for the follow up blog post of all the tips and tricks shared by Sam and Dylan. Uh, You'll also be able to view the video on YouTube in maybe an hour or two. And thanks to the extraordinary talents of Scott St. Pierre, the audio will be released as a podcast someday soon, so watch for that. If you know Sam or Dylan, or you want to know them now, please don't hesitate to reach out and give them a virtual high five. I know that this was, at the very least, interesting for both of them, so they'll be happy to share their experiences. If you have questions, comments, or feedback about getting the goods, please don't hesitate to contact Shauna, Sherry, Scott, or myself. On behalf of the team and our guests, I want to send virtual hugs and a huge kitschy mercy to each and every one of you for connecting with us
1: today.